0: This is Locked On Hornets presented by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mayo, at Not of the Scribe, and our guest host, Weird little thing we have as we transition into a new quote unquote era of lockdown hornets. You can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. I guess he's a co host, he's a guest host. He's just a member of the pod altogether. How are you doing today, Doug?
1: Did you just call me a weird little thing?
0: Yeah, you are. You know, I, think, <laughs> I think that's actually a perfect way to describe you. Fair enough. Feel free to, feel free to use that for your bio if you want to. Um, I just want to apologize. I think it's
1: to all of the listeners of this podcast because you're hearing, even though I left, you're hearing my voice a lot more. I've been doing some of the <laughs> uh, spots on the locked on podcast network. I'm I'm filling in. I am not, uh, I'm just helping, helping the network out with a few things. Although I am doing this like news hit now. Uh, so you might hear that uh, in between uh, segments of locked on Hornets. You, you, you'll still have me around a little bit. I'm doing these like news hits that updates everybody. I'm, what the biggest stories are on the network. So uh, you can't get rid of me that easy.
0: Yeah, we really can't, the, despite our best efforts. And Nada was supposed to be a frequent co-host. Um, but instead of actually doing the podcast, he's now teaching about podcasts this week. That's the reason he can't do it. He's teaching others how to podcast. Hopefully he's not teaching them to abandon their podcast responsibilities as he's doing. Yes, yeah, more step of a one, do as do I do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually participate <laughs> in the podcast. That's step one. Everybody put that in your notes. That's chapter one. Actually put the mic in your face. All right, got it. Yes, yes. Uh, Mr. Edwards sounds great to me, uh, but he's not doing that for us. So basically it's a do as I say, not as I do. And speaking of, yeah, speaking of not actually committing to something that we say we are going to commit to, hello, Doug and I have our hands raised way up high. We've been doing this all-time hornets moment bracket for the entirety of the pandemic. <laughs> we decided That's to do. It was I think Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus. And then the next day we said, hey, it's going to be rough for content. Let's come up with this bracket. And here we are, July 15th. Are we even in the final four, Doug? Can you update the people on the bracket and what actually is going on right now? Yeah, we're not
1: quite. We're developing the final four right now. We are selecting (laughs) the the final final four. four So, well, technically we are in the final four. We are just um, making the final four.
0: Okay. So here's what we have now. Here, Here is the... Question that you can go to our Twitter handle at On Hornets and go vote for yourself. Getting quite a bit of votes already after having just put it out really uh, an hour and a half ago as of this recording. So the question we have now, the best Hornets moment, this particular matchup, it features Kimball Walker's first all-star start in the city of Charlotte or... It's Courtney Lee shot versus Mm -hmm. Miami in the playoffs. And we talked about this.
1: We talked about this last week, Walker. We talked about that one last week. So if you, if you need some more information, if you don't have enough information to vote, I I am very adamant about informed voting. Then go to my episode last week, last Wednesday, and listen to that.
0: Well, and, and so what we have here is we have this matchup between the two where it seems like for historical significance, Kimba Walker's first all-star start in Charlotte, which is a very dangerous thing to say. I hate just saying that particular team in this bracket name because I might have a David Walker moment. But when we have Kimba Walker's matchup here against Courtney Lee shot, Doug, the Courtney Lee shot refuses to die. People are continuing to vote for it. It continues to survive. And this thing is going to win the whole damn bracket. We have people that are tweeting about the Courtney Lee shot. Dylan Jackson, who puts a lot of really good draft content out there, also writes a lot about the Hornets. He quote tweeted that the Courtney Lee shot must go undefeated. And we have Chase Pletcher tweeting out there. Courtney Lee shot was the single best moment of my Hornets fandom parentheses, as sad as that is. Yes, it is sad. I understand why there might be some people that think that, but Courtney Lee shot Doug. I mean, this thing is going to win the championship. You don't, Uh, here's the thing. You don't have to live through
1: something for it to be the greatest, right? I mean, we can all, I mean, those same people, I think would all agree that you'd have to put Michael Jordan up there as one of the greatest basketball players of all time, even though I think a lot of them didn't get to experience the full prime until this last dance documentary, but maybe, I don't know, maybe that's where you're seeing all of this LeBron James being the greatest player of all time is people that just, they can't see past what they see with their own eyes. Uh, they they can't have any kind of, uh, you know, historical ability uh, to say that something that happened that they didn't see could be the greatest, but, but it's, listen, this, if Courtney Lee's shot does indeed move on, then it goes on to face the Hornets return and comeback. And that's another thing that a lot of these people experience. So I'll be curious to see if Courtney Lee can overcome uh, the, the thing that took down Alonzo morning shot. So that listen, Hornets return and comeback has already taken down a shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, it, it's going to be interesting to see because this is a shot that we did all live through. And I'll say this, if, if I were to be the person that tried to sell you this as the champion, I, I'm trying to think of a case myself as to why this should beat Kimba Walker's first start in Charlotte in an All-Star game. And I'm trying to say why this thing should beat uh, the the comeback of the Hornets name here in Charlotte. And, you know, it, it's, it's a shot that goes in basically kind of last second. It gives them a 3-2 series lead in that series that they would eventually lose um, I I can't do it, Doug. Like I'm trying to figure out a way for it to beat some of these matchups, and sure enough, it can't. I I believe this was my draft pick all the way back when we decided to do this, and I believe we did some reseeding once we did finally choose what our uh, moments would be. I, I I just I'm I am a little bit surprised to see this thing continuing to march on, but so be it. It's not supposed to be my vote. It's supposed to be the, the vote of the people that the listen people to this show. Let
1: say, Walker.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, it's Courtney Lee shot that is continuing to march We've
1: got on. a couple days, though, left on this. So if you haven't voted, go to Locked on Hornets on Twitter and have your voice heard. And then we've got this other matchup that I'd like to talk about, this Kimball Walker 60-point game versus Bobcats first playoffs. It's in our bittersweet division. I can't wait to talk about that one. <laughs>
0: Uh, the bittersweet division. Well, let's go ahead and get that one out of the way before we can talk about some other things maybe in the next segment. The bittersweet division, it's my favorite division just because of how hilarious it is. The whole bracket could be considered one bittersweet bracket, but this division is especially so. When you look at Kimba Walker's 60-point game, it was an amazing performance from the franchise's best player of all time, and yet it came in a loss where when I think of that game, I think of Kimba 60 I also think of Jimmy Butler being the cold man that he is and getting out of that arena with a victory for the 76ers with the kind of dagger that he gave to the Charlotte Hornets in that. And then you talk about the Bobcats first playoff appearance with Gerald Wallace and Steven Jackson. And that was our best duo that we had as a part of the Bobcats, maybe until you get to Kimba and Al. But even then, you know, whatever. It was it was nice um, but also they got swept in that first round playoff series. What can you tell us about that matchup, Doug, and just overall, how surprised are you that this is the matchup that we get? Oh, well,
1: I love this matchup. Uh, I, I love the 60 point game. It was, uh, incredibly entertaining, even though the, the Hornets did lose, uh, Jimmy Butler only scored 15 points, but he was the most important player. If you're just considering, you know, wins and losses, he was the most important player in the game. Uh, but Kimball Walker dropped 60 on 34 shots. And I was curious if 34 shots. I mean, it seems like a lot, but where does that rank among other players that have also scored exactly 60 points? And so I looked it up, and unsurprisingly, Wilt has done this a few times. Will Chamberlain. I don't know if you know who that is. Great, great player. Uh, if you, I don't, yep. you know, I know a lot of people didn't see him play, so maybe he doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't know, but Will Chamberlain, pretty good. But he took I a lot of I think I Courtney
0: Lee shot ranked over the 100 point game though. Courtney Lee still, it's close, but Courtney Lee still wins that moment battle.
1: I think so for sure. Um so Wilt uh, took like 40 plus in all of his 60 point games. Um but 34 is still a lot. I mean a lot of players did not were around the sort of 30 to 32 because they were getting a lot more uh at the free throw line. Uh Larry Bird and Allen Iverson both had more. They did it on 36. And then the other name that you would sort of automatically think of as high scorer, who took a lot of shots, the great Kobe Bryant. Uh, both of his exceeded thirty-four shots, and in his final game, of course, memorably scoring sixty <laughs> points on fifty attempts. That beats everybody. That's the most <laughs> attempts by someone that took it that got exactly sixty. Now you know uh, above that, of course, you're going to get a lot more field goal attempts, but exactly sixty. Kobe got it on 50 attempts. I mean, the shoulders must have been boining.
0: Uh, yes, they were. He literally quit after that game. So yes, I mean, he was done. <laughs> he was like, all right. <laughs> it was That was, Not that was that. literally the last game. I love that Kobe game so much. One, it was because we all knew it was going to be the last one. They did win the game against Utah, but I also love that it kind of answered a hypothetical question that we all had when we always, there's always this argument. X player could score 100 points in a game if he just actually went out there and jacked up all of the shots it's like well yeah Kobe did that not even in his prime he just took all of the shots that were there hit some clutch ones down the stretch to win scored 60 and yeah they actually got the victory at the end of that season Uh, a meaningless season regarding the postseason but a meaningless season yeah you know Doug I mean it's pretty hard to gauge this Kemba Walker 60 point game for me just because I do remember where I was when I was watching that it was an incredible performance to have 60 uh, scored for your franchise by your favorite player by your franchise's best player. It's an insane moment. And then it's just diminished because of the way that you lost that game by another legitimate moment in Jimmy Butler hitting a buzzer beater in overtime, I believe. Just ridiculous. I I just, How do you measure that kind of moment watching what Kimball Walker did? How diminished is it to you?
1: I don't think it's diminished at all because just look, go to basketball reference and look at the players that have scored 60 or more points. You're not going to find many outlier names, okay? I mean, the only two that I see, Tom Chambers, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then you go up to like 1949 for the Philadelphia Warriors, Joe Folks. Scores 63 points in a game. Rick Barry had 64 and 74 for uh, the Golden State Warriors. But Rick Barry was a great player. I mean, it, you know, but, but it's an odd name amongst the Wilts, the Kobe's, the Michael Jordan. Shaq only had one 60-point game in his entire career. 61 points. That, or, yeah, 60, it was on 60. his birthday
0: against the Clippers, I believe. Yeah,
1: Yeah, 60. I want to get this right. One. I don't want any, It was a 61. Okay. Devin Booker only has one. <laughs> 61. <laughs> That's right. It's a 70-point yeah, yeah. game. So that's kind of an out, that might end up being an outlier name, uh, but but everybody else, I mean, David Robinson, Elgin Baylor, these are Hall of Famers. Walker, I mean, he made it. He did something that really, with with, with few exceptions, Hall of Famers do. So no, abs- I don't care if it was in a loss. Mm-hmm. Th- that's an absolutely incredible achievement.
0: I do remember tweeting that out just uh, just to think about how many times you've ever seen a player score 60 in your lifetime. And I remember, I think it was Joseph Nation tweeted back and he was like, yeah, you know, what's funny is we've actually seen a couple of 60 point performances against the Bobcats. Remember, we got to see Melo go uh, go for 60. I believe we got to see LeBron go for 60 and MKG like legitimately good defender, no doubt about it. But MKG having been one of the guys that was defending a couple of those 60 point performances against Charlotte. So if you had been watching the Charlotte Hornets slash Bobcats in the last decade, then you've seen three 60 point performances live one on the good side, one for the bad guys. You know who are the good guys though? It's rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that are are available for you. There are chain stores out there that have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than just changing the prices based on what the market will bear, uh, bear, kind of like what airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts. From hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Rockauto.com, go visit it right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Somebody tested positive for the coronavirus in the NBA and that person just happened to be playing with a few hornets the week prior. Oh no. We'll talk a little bit about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And would, would,
1: would I have liked to see a few more charts charts. Sh, no, I would not have. Liked. <laughs> that's
0: charts. That's what I <laughs> It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. As we sometimes find ourselves doing so, we have now gone down the Joe Fulks rabbit hole because that's what we do on the show. Rather than continuing to talk about some Hornets stats and some Hornets moments, Doug Branson has decided to stray away. He is the kid that wanders off of the sidewalk and you turn around and all of a sudden he's not there. Where did he go? I'll tell you. He went down He went down Joe, uh, Joe Fulks Street is where he is. What have you found down on Joe Fulks Street, Doug?
1: Joseph Franklin Folks to you, buddy, and this guy. Oh, okay. Let me tell you, <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer. Now I said it's, I was criticizing people for not knowing their history, and I say that Joe Folks is a random name that scored sixty points amongst all these Hall of Famers. Well, Joe Folks was a Hall of Famer. I just don't know anything about him because he played in the forties. Uh, but this is Jumping Joe Folks, the Cutaway Clipper out of Birmingham, Kentucky. He went to Murray State. Uh, His NBA debut was November 7th, 1946. He was a scoring champ, an NBA champ, and a two time All Star. Uh, This guy had a little stretch. Let me tell you what. Joe Fulks could sink it. He could pour it in, buddy.
0: Uh, Yeah, there's your Joe Fulks stat. Oh, wait, one more. One more. Similarity
1: similarity score, according to basketball reference. He's very close to Gerald Wallace. There's the local angle. No way. There's no way. There's Joe no Fultz, way you made that up. Gerald Wallace, the same player. That's what I'm saying.
0: Um, so a little stretch for Joe Fulks, I would say quite the Charlotte. Yeah, maybe a little stretch for an NBA career, but quite the career here. A Hall of Famer, if you're just talking about Charlotte standards. And Goose Gerald Ligon. Wallace. Another legend. <laughs> Another <laughs> Hall of Famer. <laughs> Do your research listeners you think you know basketball i was here when i yeah. don't come, at, don't listen
1: that's it don't come at me with your basketball stats or whatever until you know something about the great jim goose liggan
0: mm, jumping joe and goose jumping joe players and of all time
1: jumping jim goose liggan
0: <laughs> those are those are my favorite the Mount Rushmore of players that have ever played in the association. 40,
1: I got, I'm just going to go down a rabbit hole now. of oh, 40s no. NBA names. Goose Ligon is amazing.
0: No, it, it is amazing. Let's try to steer this car right back into the correct direction, the direction that we should be heading, which is exactly the Charlotte Hornets and who is on the roster right now. Um, Doug, we saw that Michael Beasley tested positive for the coronavirus because the Nets... They are cursed, as we saw (laughs) quite a bit mentioned on Twitter. Uh, It is amazing, though. I mean, to see all of these different players test positive for the coronavirus that is on the Brooklyn Nets roster. Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan. Wilson Chandler has decided to not be a part of the restart as well with some of the problems that that whole entire roster has had. So what they do is they go, they get Jamal Crawford, they get Michael Beasley that you dubbed the big three team of the NBA. Now that is the Brooklyn Nets. They can't even keep on to some of the better players that might be in the big three league. Big Michael Beasley now test positive. And uh, the only interesting thing about this, you want the local angle about this is the fact that he was playing with Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, and Dwayne Bacon, who are all, of course, members of the Hornets roster, playing with them, I think, about a week prior to Mm -hmm. him testing positive for the coronavirus. I don't know where that was. Maybe you can help me with that. But they were all playing in an open gym somewhere, which, Doug, is something that you can expect to see. I mean, these are not going to be players that decide to stay home and quarantine and social distance and wear the mask. I mean, these players are going to go out. And they're going to hoop, right? I mean, this is something that these players are going to do to stay in shape. And they especially with the way that the country has opened back up a little bit right. or, or a lot of it. You know, th- these guys are going to f- figure, OK, if, if the government, if the country is opening back up, then, of course, I'm going to go play basketball, even if it means risking myself and others, because I might contract the coronavirus. Well, well here you have it. You know, what's funny is. That video that showed Michael Beasley playing uh, against all those members, uh, whoever he was playing against, I feel like three consecutive clips all had different Hornets guarding him on the perimeter. Mm -hmm. It was Dwayne Bacon that allowed a layup. Then it was Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham. I think think Michael Beasley scored on all of them uh, in in that video clip. What do you make of the Beasley positive test and just the overall uh, playing of basketball not in the bubble where these guys are going to be uh, you know, still at risk of contracting the virus.
1: Well, first, I love how you broke down that that pickup game footage. That's how hungry we are for basketball talk here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're breaking <laughs> down pickup footage like it was an actual NBA game. You know, oh, mm-hmm. did you see that cut that Michael Beasley just put on uh, Put on uh, Dwayne Bacon? Oh, and he allows the layup. Uh, yeah, so- uh,
0: Michael Beasley drives right, Dwayne Bacon O-Lays him, and then it's a left-handed layup on the right side from Michael Beasley. There's a pull-up on Miles. Uh, you guys, it's, it's unreal yeah, the defense, this team needs to work on defense as far as I'm concerned.
1: Uh, so that's number one. Number two, Michael Beasley is the human equivalent of the Abe Simpson gif uh, where he walks into the burlesque house, sees his grandson, and then immediately walks out. Uh, that was Michael Beasley. Oh, I'm going to go play <laughs> basketball. Just <laughs> kidding. I'm going home because I have the coronavirus. You made the, the important point uh, that when, when the when the nation was shut down, it was very easy for the NBA to say, hey, players, stay at home, don't, don't do anything, we're super serious about this because we're trying to get the NBA back. But now that, that, now that uh, most of the country is open, and you can do anything you want, apparently, um, that it's going to be very difficult for the NBA to really punish, especially these players that aren't playing in the bubble. I mean, it's easy when you're in the bubble, You know, they're obviously being very strict, uh, they've already punished uh, Bruno uh, Caboclo and and Rashawn Holmes for very what would seem like minor things. But they're like, no, we're going to take this seriously. We want to keep everyone healthy so that we can we can do this basketball thing. Uh, but they can't. They, they're not going to be able to do it with people outside of the bubble. And it would be honestly, it would be kind of unfair, I would think, to punish them uh, because you're not you're not giving them an opportunity to play. You're, you've said, hey, everybody go home. And you're, you're not setting something up for them to have some kind of off-season workouts. You're limiting what they can do with the teams. So this is, this is going to happen and why this makes it very difficult for the NBA to execute on this bubble thing because, yeah, they have this plan in place to replace players, but the player pool that you're replacing from has been doing the same kind of things that Michael Beasley's doing.
0: Yeah, right. They're playing. They're playing basketball. They're out there in the world. <laughs> and so, you know, goodness gracious, I sure hope that Jamal Crawford doesn't test positive for the coronavirus. I hope nobody does, but I sure hope just for the Nets' sake that Jamal Crawford does not test positive, so they have to go back to the pool. Um, and, and did you see that Shack Get round? He said, "You heard it here first. The Brooklyn Nets are moving on to the second round despite all of the positive tests that they've had. Yeah, Shaq, I imagine I heard it there first and I will only be hearing it there well, from Shaq, you.
1: Shaq knows something that we all don't, that Shaq mm. is available to be a replacement <laughs> player. Shaq, daddy, come back. I'm calling it right now. Shaq's going to heard you
0: know, it. I, I heard it here first. Yes, you had a point that you wanted to make, Doug.
1: Uh, well, that, you know, now there's some reporting about some players or people within the different teams being a little upset or concerned about false positive tests and this brings mm-hmm. up an interesting thing that the NBA is going to have to deal with a- at one time you want to be strict with this and say if you test positive for coronavirus you need to quarantine yourself and we're going to take all these you know precautions but what if the test comes back as a false positive now you're you're removing players that may not even be sick and and hurting teams in that way. And again, I just this was my concern from the very beginning that so many variables are going to cut against the legitimacy of what they're trying to do. And what we're going to end up with is either a failure of the NBA to finish this season, or we're going to end up with a champion that doesn't really feel like a champion.
0: The false positive test is extremely interesting because I think during the entirety of the pandemic, we had kind of been told that there could be false negatives, but there really weren't a problem with false positives that we were getting. But in this specific scenario, it seems like players that have already contracted the coronavirus, they are testing even if they are over their initial coronavirus that they already had, they are testing positive even later and later and later. So it's almost like they, they don't ever get over it. When In, in reality, that's not true. The, the tests are just faulty at that point where they are giving you some false positive coronavirus tests. And you're right. You, you are in an interesting conundrum because now the only way to play this is to be extremely strict because the NBA... It, especially compared to every other league, they have played this correctly. I'm not saying they have played this correctly, maybe within what you deem acceptable to happen in the sports world or not. I mean, it's justifiable to say that the NBA should not be happening right now. I completely get that. But when compared to the major league baseball, uh, when you compare to MLB, when you compare it to the NFL college football, the NBA's health and safety protocols are clearly leaps and bounds above what everybody else is discussing or has in place right now. The only way to play this is at the most strict of ways, and yet you would be removing healthy players. And, and that's the line, right? Like the, the, the line in which you don't want to be too strict is removing healthy players and taking away from the legitimacy of whatever champion you might crown. And so that does put their backs against the wall at this point and, and has them trying to figure out what the best way to do. And, and the, the best way to make this decision is it is extremely interesting uh, what the NBA is going to decide to do in that scenario. If they can get a fit,
1: listen to some of these uh, legends of the NBA. Listen to some of these names, Howie Dalmar, Nat
0: Sweetwater Clifton, oh, Chuck Cooper, <laughs> great names. I like how you came at me with Sweetwater and then Chuck Cooper is the next <laughs> he, name you he, thought was worth it. Well, that's mentioning. the thing.
1: They're either amazing or they're hilariously bland. Like Chuck <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> that's
0: you thought yes coop. we get sweet water and then you mentioned chuck cooper yeah coop that's an excellent nickname absolutely hold yeah uh, fantastic thank you doug that was all extremely relevant information we're gonna go with one more segment here on the Locked On hornets podcast one more with doug branson here locked on podcast Network. I mean, michael
1: jordan is kind of a boring name this is locked on hornets SGA, 20 points, 20 rebounds, triple-double. I don't have a question. Oh, I just dude, wanted to throw that yeah, in the pink. middle of the arena. Almighty. Oh, oh, that knife! It hurt!
0: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Believe it or not, I do have some ammo in the 40s and 50s NBA basketball player nickname file. I actually have that ammo in my arsenal to the point where there was one time that I was asked a trivia question by a very old man about what was Bill Milkvie's nickname, the 1950s one-season in the NBA player. He played for the Philadelphia Warriors, and he played one season, but he came out of Temple, and that was an important distinction. Oh. And when he asked me the guy's nickname, uh, yes, you can take a guess if you know this. Then well, it's you gave me a clue. Mm-hmm. I did because
1: I was going to go Milkman.
0: <laughs> no it's not the milkman that's what i yeah. would
1: have nicknamed him uh but so temple they're they're the owls so the the big owl
0: you're on the right track you're very close you got one of the words so what happened is at bill Milkvy, you spell his name m l k v y what and so the way you spell it is without a vowel and therefore his nickname <laughs> was the owl without a vowel <laughs> <laughs> and, I think, and I think that's that that is the best nickname I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. I have a list
1: here from AinsworthSports.com, the top ranked basketball players of the 1940s. This is incredible. He uh, this person, he, she, uh, Ainsworth has ranked, I swear to you, the 818 best players. Mm. In nice. the 1940s. This is, this <laughs> is a list. sounds like our
0: website.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I would have discovered this uh, before quitting the show. I might not have quit the show <laughs> if I discovered this
0: <laughs> you're back Number on. 18,
1: by the way, Bones McKinney.
0: Great name Solid already. Name.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to read the top 10 for you. And then maybe every time I come on the show, I'll bring you a few uh, names from the 1940s.
0: Are you sure we only have 818? Do you think we'll have enough nicknames to get to?
1: Oh, man, I haven't even gotten to. uh, (laughs) 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 What
0: What did you see? Share with the class. What did you see? Whitey (laughs) Von Nieta. Yeah, that one holds (laughs) up in this current climate. (laughs) That's a, What a great nickname for the climate that we have now. Number 10, mm-hmm. George Mikan. Number
1: nine, Ernie Calverly. Calverly. Number eight, Arnie Risen. Number seven, Bob Feerick. Number six, John Logan. Number five, Al Servi. You
0: know who number four <laughs> is? I know, I know one of the players that you mentioned, and it was George Mikeen, and uh, just because of the Mikeen drill that we used to do in basketball, it's the only reason why I know that name. Guess number four. Uh, just
1: give me a random I, name. Just give me a name.
0: Um, um Jackson Daniels.
1: Uh, no, unfortunately, that's incorrect. Number four is Don Otten. Uh, number three. Who do you think number three is?
0: Um, Otis Birdsong.
1: Max Zaslavsky is number three. Oh, I don't know which is weird the ones that you're making
0: up or the ones that... Otis Birdsong is a real man. He's a real player. I just don't remember when he played. But I will tell you this. You know what? I'm about to I'm about to drop your jaw, Doug. Max Zaslavsky played for North Carolina. He is a long he, of course he he alumni that. crib. That's when he played. So yeah, uh, actually no effect about one of these guys. Number 33 is
1: mean? Hoot Gibson.
0: Hoot... Gibson. So we have the owl of that avowal and we have Hoot Gibson. Hoot Gibson. Excellent. Number two,
1: Ed Sadowski. So we got Max Zaslavsky followed by Ed Sadowski, the second best player in the 1940s <laughs> according to Ainsworth Sports. Are you ready? The number one. This is what people have been waiting for all week. Not the greatest Hornets moment. They've been waiting for the number one player of the 1940s according to Ainsworth Sports. Would you Wh- like real to
0: quickly Mm -hmm. Real quickly, what we should have done is we should have made a bracket of all the 818 (laughs) nicknames and players of the 1940s and had this just continue on for the next few years. That's something we should have done. Too bad that we didn't think of it in
1: time. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see number 54, Cleggy Hermson versus number 40, Ray (laughs) Lump.
0: That would have been
1: a showdown that you would not have forgotten very Mm -hmm. soon. The number one, (laughs) Best player of the 1940s, according to Ainsworth Sports, is Joe Folks. Jumping Joe Folks. Oh Look, God. he makes a comeback. Number one.
0: Jumping Joe. He beat out Goose. Where's Goose? Not in the top 10. He's somewhere. He's somewhere
1: yeah. below Hank Beenders and Ossie Schechtman.
0: Yeah, that whole, that whole list is a farce if the goose is not in the top 10. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again, rockauto.com, for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen with Noah Koslov. They actually had Gerald Henderson on, and they're going to release that episode, I believe, tomorrow. So make sure you're looking out for that. Also, make sure you look out for Lockdown Hornets dropping tomorrow and Friday, we're going to be starting the player capsules. Going to be start uh, going to start doing the player evaluations from the players, what they did this past season, and so again, that'll be coming up tomorrow and Friday. Thanks again to Doug for hopping back on the podcast. Have a great day. We'll see you on Thursday.
1: Number three hundred nine. We Willie Smith.